commercial mortgage bonds are the way that lenders are working is that they're pooling a bunch of loans together. Okay, so when you have a, a loan from CMHC, for example, the People's Trust, First National, all these uh, financial institutions, they're going to take all the loans and they're going to put it into a pool, uh, roughly of 250 million, and they're going to put it on the market. And the market is buying this pool. So the CMB basically is the rate at which the markets are buying the loans. So how People's Trust, First National, MCAP are doing their money is basically with a spread. That's what we call. So basically, they're going to add up 50 points. They're going to add up 90 points, depending on the risk, depending on the quality of investor also that you have on the file. So they're going to put a spread and that's what they're making their money. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. What's the real power of leverage? People think real estate is all about leveraging capital. Money is important, but what about the decisions we make? The things we do and don't do determine our success as investors. Choices and actions create success. Before we get to the bank, we make choices guided by mindset and by the things we do and don't know. If we want to succeed as investors, we need to leverage knowledge. We need to increase what we know so our actions pay bigger dividends. Join host Terry Schauer and Jean-Philippe Claude for conversations with leading experts in the real estate field. From mortgages to mindset and from macroeconomics to local market trends, grow your knowledge capital with us. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast where we seek advice to help us make better investing decisions. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hey, JP, how are you? Very good, very good. Still live from Cancun? Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much the last day. Over dinner last night, we were discussing, like, there's so much happening in 2022. And the idea for today was to take a little bit of time to kind of, like, share what you see in your crystal ball of predictions. So... You and I both do a lot in the multifamily markets. What's your take on it for the next 12 months? Absolutely. Just to say that the recording of this podcast was January 23rd. We're waiting for Bank of Canada to adjust the rates. We don't know yet if it's going to go up or not. Of course, it's going to go up this year. So it's going to go up probably half a percent to a percent. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what that's where it's going. So how will it affect the market? We had a beautiful presentation here of uh, PMML at uh, Millionaire's Week showing the cap rates and the actual CMB. Uh, Can you share what CMB is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got commercial mortgage bounds. So basically commercial mortgage bounds are the way that lenders are working is that they're pooling a bunch of loans together. Okay, So when you have a, a loan from CMHC, for example, the People's Trust, First National, all these uh, financial institutions, they're going to take all the loans and they're going to put it into a pool uh, roughly of 250 million and they're going to put it on the market. And the market is buying this pool. So the CMB basically is the rate at which the markets are buying the loans. So how People's Trust, First National, MCAP are doing their money is basically with a spread. That's what we call. So basically, they're going to add up 50 points. They're going to add up 90 points, depending on the risk, depending on the quality of investor also that you have on the file. So they're going to put a spread and that's what they're making their money. 
Okay. So basically, if you look at the CMB, which obviously went down shortly after uh, March 2020, it was roughly stabilized. We got a bump in February 2021. We got another bump late 2021. And the cap rate are continuing to go lower. So basically, in between the CMB and the cap rate, and we can do another episode on the cap rate. Well, I'll be pleased to explain that. Cap rate is basically the ROI of the building if you're paying cash on the building. So a cap rate of 4%, if you buy the building cash, you have a return on a ratio cash on cash of 4%. 4% and the CMBs are going up. So that crunches the spread. The spread exactly in between the rates that you're paying in the bank and the cap rate. And this spread is going shorter and shorter. I know in Montreal, we have some place to reduce again the cap rates. So having caps of right now, we're about four, a little bit below four. I would not be surprised of seeing some like 3.5 kind of cap rates because we have a really, really stable market, a lot of potential also, but the rates eventually are going to hit. And even if we lower the cap rate again from roughly four to 3.5, since the rates are going to go up, that's going to reduce Let's say it's not exactly a margin of profit, but more or less the margin of profit of investors. So the price will have to go down a little. So my prediction for 2022 for real estate market in Montreal, and again, we're going to listen in December, if I'm yes. right or not, but it's going to stabilize. Maybe prices are going to go down. We're not talking about a huge drop, but it's just going to stabilize. I think we got a good roller coaster ride and we're at the top now, unless there's anything going on with the pandemic that reduces the rates. Mm-hmm. We're in big inflation now. So the only tool of the Bank of Canada is to raise rates. Exactly, to raise rates and CMB will follow, obviously, in the meantime. With what you've described, there's a number of different forces that are working against each other because there's still a lot of demand from investors. There's a lot of people out there on the market who want to buy took money out of the stock market and want to diversify into real estate. So there's still a fair amount of demand. As you said, over the last 18 months, we've seen a lot of inflation. And yes, the Bank of Canada, the only tool they have is the control of the interest rate. And they're going to have to raise it in order to match at least inflation because the rate is also the price of money, just like inflation is the increase in the price of goods. And so it often triggers like the higher the interest rate, the less desirable it is to buy real estate because the more expensive it is to borrow funds. Yet, in my view, at least there was such an imbalance in the market. And there are still so many investors that there might be some mom and pops who say, oh, my God, now, you know, it's it's not as interesting. I want to sell. But correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not because we go up maybe 75 basis points to, let's say, 125 that all of a sudden people are going to stop buying. Not at all. Just buy well, buy with potential. And also there's another fudge factor. There was so many refinancing also in the last two years. So there's a lot of investors with a lot of money. Are these investors are going to keep buying? Yeah. Are going to go on commercial industrial that we can discuss if you want. Mm -hmm. But it's tough to say, but I'm sure real estate is not going to go up for sure. So it's going to stabilize and maybe a little bit of drop. But if you buy real estate now, take into account your due diligence, the time it takes to go to the financing. Some of the banks are two months for a commercial. We're not talking about Plex, but multi-residential, six units and up, almost two months, take into account CMHC. So within that three months, rates are going to go up. 
in the meantime. And in your refinancing also, rates will be higher. So buy good. You need to buy well and good. Jacques Lepin, who's the founder of the club, says your profit is made at purchase. So if you buy correctly, if you yeah. buy a good building, you can manage these risks. Yeah, you're making money when you buy instead of when you sell. Just want to rebound on what you said regarding the interest rates. As we heard this week, economists are predicting increases. It's for sure. It's just a question of, is it going to be three or is it going to be five of 25 basis points each? That has pushed, obviously, the multifamily markets is going to cool it down a little bit and you know maybe lower. Is it prices, in your opinion, that are going to stabilize or is it the number of transactions and the velocity in the market? It's probably going to reduce the number of transactions, of course, because down payments are going to be higher. So it's hard to say, will the seller will be more flexible? We're going to see more balance of sale because economic value are going to be so far off yeah. uh, market value because now you're increasing rates. There's some good news also. CMHC, 35 years, 40 years, way easier than before. So it used to be very difficult to have a monetization of 35 and 40 now it's fairly easy. So there's good news. It's hard to say, but I probably the volume will reduce because there was so much transaction in the last year. But again, all the money that's been refinanced will be used in transaction again. So we'll see. Let's say I can't say for the volume, but for prices, I'm pretty confident it's going to be stable there. Yeah, it's going to stabilize. Yeah, it's going to stabilize. Yeah. Which is a good thing and, and create more opportunities. Exactly. So you can see it both ways. Oh, well, it's going to cost more to buy building. Yes, but there's going to be some opportunity. Some people were miscalculated their takeaway, their takeout, or their refinancing, and then this disappointed with the refinancing, then you come into play. And again, more balance of sale probably that you can negotiate. You have a better leverage there. So they're going to be more flexible sellers. Mm -hmm. You know, you start to talk about, well, the impact that it has on the <clears throat> other markets. So yeah, you're right. Like as investors are sometimes wanting to come out a little bit of the multifamily, more go into industrial or when I say commercial, like office space and all that. Do you have experience in the, that kind of property? Office space, I do have some commercial buildings, so smaller retail stores or proximity shops or stuff like that. But I can relate to a presentation we had with PMML. We thank them for that. We're talking about a property that was sold $400 per feet for uh, offices. For office. We're talking about now 230 more or less. So obviously, there's a huge drop. So there's huge potential in that. If you believe that's going to be 100% remote work, then you don't believe in the product. I'm not that kind of people. I believe that you need to exchange. I mean, if a company wants to work, yeah. and I see that I'm almost in the sun here. Yeah. <laughs> but the demand for office space yes. will come back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the demand for office space will come back. So that's a good time. And obviously, industrial is just way over the roof because with the pandemic so much uh, industry shifted to shipping obviously yeah online shipping and storage so we talk industrial is it's going to be very very good in 2022 still that's a market that's a little bit more intimidating to enter for smaller investors and so you know what kind of advice would you have for someone who's been doing some you know multifamily who may have i don't know like 10 20 30 units and all of a sudden who wants to diversify that is that something you would do i'm thinking about it like you've heard in the previous podcast we're stabilizing our portfolio mm -hmm. but it's something that i'm gonna look at and i would say exactly like you start in real estate you start with a little plex or a sixplex start with a little industrial shop if you want to go into offices just buy a small office building but start small Tip your toe in the water. Yeah. Learn, do all the yeah. mistakes on a small exactly. property. Yeah, tip your toe and then you're going to learn and then fail, but fail fast. Yeah. 
I like that advice of like, yeah. do it, fail, fail fast, learn, and then move on and then repeat, but doing exactly. it successfully. And learn the process. So it's always exciting. I mean, in Vaudreuil, it was listed in the in 10th most biggest transaction in, in Quebec. It was in Vaudreuil, just next to my place. They bought industrial building for 26 million. They've put roughly 15 millions in amélioration de Gatsé. So mm-hmm. basically the improvement of the buildings. And they just sold it two years after $116 million. Whoa. So that's like unbelievable. That's attractive. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's what they did. Wow. On this note, that gives us something to dream about. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you very much, JP, for sharing. And as usual, if you'd like to continue supporting the podcast, please share, like, comment, send us some feedback. It's always appreciated. And we'll do our best to get back to you if you have any questions. So thank you very much. Join us next Wednesday for the Facebook Live on the page of the Real Estate Investors Club. Thank you very much and talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.